Hello, and welcome to Filled with His Love. In John 15, Jesus compares himself to the vine and his disciples, or us, to the branches that are attached to the vine. When we abide in Christ, we can achieve all that he wants us to do. In verse 4, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. It's a pretty powerful statement, you can do nothing. I think what he meant was, you can't do what you're supposed to do on this earth without divine help, without the power of Christ's atonement. This passage reminds me of the verse that says, with God, nothing is impossible. I had an experience a long time ago that showed me that even when someone has a disability, if they abide in Christ, if they attach themselves to the Savior, they can find success. Here's a brief version of that experience. So it was, it was early in the spring, and I was seated at my desk in the graduate student room, and my advisor, the professor who chaired my doctoral committee, approached me and asked if I would be willing to tutor a 14-year-old boy in reading. He explained that the boy's mother was willing to pay me if I could tutor her son three times per week. I remember feeling conflicted because I needed the money, but I did not feel that I was skilled enough to help a young man who had failed for so long to learn how to read. When I met this boy, I'll call him Nick, I was surprised. Not only by his appearance, he was taller than I had imagined, but also by his manner. A friendly, easy-to-talk-to kid with a warm smile Nick looked like the all-American boy, not someone who had been worn down by years of what I assumed had been continual failure in the classroom. I first wanted to get a feel for his general intellectual ability, and since I had just completed a master's degree in school psychology and knew how to administer the WISC IQ test, I asked Nick to take a seat while I gave the test to him. His IQ, as measured by this test, was 122 which meant he was mildly gifted. Following that test, I administered a reading exam. During this exam, Nick was asked to name the letters of the alphabet, produce the phonetic sounds of each letter, and read simple sight words like the and there. The reading test showed that Nick was reading on a pre-primer level. In other words, this gifted 14-year-old young man was reading at the same level as a 4- or 5-year-old. I must admit, I was more than surprised. I had a hard time understanding how Nick could be so bright and not be able to distinguish a D from a B or an M from an N. Neither was he able to read the simple sight words such as the, or this, or there. It was baffling to me, and a little daunting, especially with my inexperience teaching reading. Then, when I spoke with Nick's mother, my concerns got even worse. She explained to me how she had done everything in her power to help Nick learn to read. She had even enrolled him in an expensive private program, all to no avail. His reading ability didn't budge. He seemed permanently stuck at the pre-primer level. He was in the ninth grade, so all those years of schooling had done almost nothing to help him learn how to read. 
She also described how her husband had exactly the same disability. He was a builder, but had to ask someone else to read the blueprint each time he was in a construction project because he could not read at all. Even though I was hesitant in some ways because I didn't want to be a part of another failure experience for Nick, I was also determined to see if I could help him. We used a manual entitled Beginning Reading One by Grant Von Harrison, my graduate advisor. We began our tutoring sessions by learning a few letter sounds, then learning how to blend those sounds into words, then added sight words, words that are not phonetic. Nick was actually doing quite well. He gradually became more proficient at blending sounds into words. The challenge was learning the sight words. If he saw the word it, he was just as likely to say that. Even though the words do not look anything alike, he could not keep them straight. He might say the word correctly five times in a row and then miss it the next five times. So we kept working at helping him with sight words, but the phonetic skills were much more impactful on his ability to read. After several months, I asked if he would like to try reading a regular book, because up to that time, we had been reading and practicing in the reading instructional manual itself. He wanted to try. So he said, you know, I've never even tried to read a whole book before. So we began with the Boxcar Children. This book is on about a fourth grade reading level. It took us weeks, but the satisfaction on Nick's face was worth every minute of the instruction. Once he knew he could read that whole book, he wanted to read more. His mother was ecstatic. Nick was ecstatic. And I was ecstatic. In the space of about nine months, his reading level had increased five years' worth. After graduating from high school, Nick filled a mission where he learned sign language so he could teach the gospel to those with hearing impairments. Upon his return from his mission, he attended Utah Valley University, where he became certified as a sign language interpreter, which led to a career working with those with hearing impairments. So what lessons do I take from the experience I had with Nick? I learned at least these important things. Number one, I think Nick had divine help as he learned how to read. I witnessed it firsthand, just how he drew close to the Lord as he became determined to beat his dyslexia. Why he had to wait for this help until he was 14, I'll never know, but I believe the help was real. He learned some pretty complex phonetic skills, and one day he asked, are there any more rules like this? I told him he had learned all the rules he needed to sound out almost any word he would ever encounter. Number two, when we have problems as severe as Nick's, one-on-one -on -one help may be the only answer, especially when both learner and tutor are praying for divine help. I remember sitting with Nick on the grass on a summer day as he read from the boxcar children, and I helped him with words he had trouble with. I could almost see his motivation increase with even the smallest bit of progress he made. He could sense he was improving, even though the improvement was slow. But he knew he was getting better at reading, and that made him want to work harder every day. Nick's problem was dyslexia. But we all have problems that we wish we could overcome, and sometimes one-on-one -on -one help is the only answer. Lesson three, relationships matter. Nick and I grew to be good friends. 
I was not quite old enough to be his father, but he probably looked at me much the same as one would look at a parent. He, he knew that I had confidence in him, and that was a big factor. We've got to have people around us who have confidence in us that we can do what we're supposed to do. He knew that I would never laugh at a mistake he made. He knew that I would help him only if he needed help, but that I was always there to give him just enough guidance to eventually make it on his own. We all need this kind of relationship in our life. As a good friend once said, everybody needs a missionary. And what is a missionary? Someone who helps another person do what first seems impossible. So, I was a kind of missionary to Nick, and he could sense that. Lesson four, we should never write someone off. In other words, we never give up on another person. I never met Nick's dad, but I believe that many people wrote him off as he was growing up. His dyslexia was so severe that they gave up trying to help him. Do I believe that Nick's father could have learned to read? Absolutely. Do I believe that his dyslexia was so severe that he was beyond help? Definitely not. But he did not get the right kind of help at the right time. We need to look at ourselves and ask if we're getting the right kind of help with our problems at the right time. We also need to look at others and ask if they're getting the right kind of help at the right time. This is, after all, what ministering is all about. Lesson number five. Learning is what life is all about. Those who live the fullest lives keep learning every day they're alive. Learning changes us, and it can also change those we are close to. Those nine months with Nick helped make it possible for him to reach out to others and help them. What a huge payoff in a relatively short period of time. The Lord is so interested in our success. He himself went from grace to grace. He learned as he matured, and his learning did not come instantly or without effort. He progressed precept upon precept. So it is with us. I hope that if you have some ability, you would like to increase. You will remember Nick. If Nick could learn to read, we can learn to do anything we need to learn to fulfill our purpose here on the earth. As the scriptures say, with God, nothing is impossible. Look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for listening.